buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a special guest, Tom Bersetti, who is the founder of Sales Team Go. We actually met on Rev Genius and we're chopping it up over there and uh, decided to have him on the podcast. He's passionate about cold calling, it's just like I am. So I'm excited to jump in, learn a little bit more about Tom's story and keep it as tactical as possible for all you sales hustlers as usual. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Colin, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell folks the short version of you know how you got into sales and, uh, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, short version is first role in sales was at Yelp, you know, smiling and dialing 100 times a day. Uh, learned a ton about sales, probably 90% about what I know about sales was in the trenches on the sales floor, you know, calling to small businesses. Um, after that, went to a really small company. It was about eight people at the time, grew with it until about 80, or sorry, until about 40. Um, and that was a lot of fun because got, got to bring a lot of the process that I learned, uh, from a well-oiled machine to a really, you know, much smaller company without really much process. So built out an SDR team was kind of the de facto sales ops guy, all while, um, you know, carrying a quota. And then now I'm running my own thing, sales team go typically working with a pretty early stage B2B startups and small businesses, streamlining their sales teams, implementing process, um, driving lead gen strategy, kind of full funnel approach. Um, and really trying to help businesses uh, set them up for scale. Mm, okay, awesome. So full funnel approach. Uh, what's your favorite part of the funnel? That's a good question. Favorite part? My favorite part is talking to people. It's got to be you mm. know towards the end of the funnel. I uh, I think probably most salespeople or people in the sales world might answer that. Or maybe uh, I'm curious if that's what you've heard. If you've talked to other people about that same question, but yeah, I enjoy talking to people. I, I enjoy solving problems and that's ultimately what sales and business is all about. Every business at its, at its core is solving problems. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy genuinely getting to know people and genuinely understanding their issues and problems, what they're trying to, you know, solve and helping them do that. Um, and I think, you know, coming with that authentic, genuine approach is what's helped me uh, exceed, you know, um, excel in sales um, compared to, you know, that classic uh, kind of salesperson negative uh, stereotype, which I think is a very small percentage of salespeople overall. But, you know, the, those people aren't that genuine. Um, but again, I think it's a small percentage. 
Mm, okay, so kind of mid to to bottom of funnel. I, I like the top of the funnel myself. Um, there you I go. love. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, I've built uh, multiple companies all by outbound sales, and I really enjoy just cold calling top of funnel stuff that most people really hate. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, most sales reps these days have that phone reluctance, you know, um, where, you know, I, I like to have fun with it and test new things and use new technology and try to reach more, you know, people, uh, in a more meaningful way or stand out differently. Um, that pattern interrupt, um, you know, I, I love testing new scripts, um, personally. Um, but yeah, you know, I think there's a couple things that you mentioned, right? So, you know, there's that typical stereotype of salespeople and most people, even when they say they're in sales, they're kind of like, oh, you know, sales was my, my fallback plan or my plan B or like even kind of like, you know, put their head down when they tell you they're in sales because of all of those, um, you know, negative associations that people have with salespeople, like not trusting them or, you know, persuading or sleazy or lying or whatever the case is. Right. And there's been a big movement of people like really being more authentic and honest and helping and serving. And you see a lot more of the, that this day, these days. And it says that you said that it's something that really helped you succeed in sales. Like, is that something that you learned early on at Yelp or just, you know, something that was instilled in you? Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely learning by doing. I definitely didn't come out of the sales womb um, an expert. I mean, I think I started with about 50 people when I started at Yelp, and I was like the 48th to close a deal, you know, so it didn't exactly come right away. But you know, you just you, you learn from your own experiences, you learn from the people around you, especially when you're on a sales floor like that. Um, and you, you know, you see both sides. And the thing is, when you take the more kind of aggressive or pushy, or, you know, my objective is to close the deal, not my objective is to help people, those people win a lot. But the thing is, they don't necessarily keep winning or keep getting sales with the same clients, because, you know, that you kind of, uh, you know, the people buy from people they like, but people keep buying from people they trust. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the world of cold calling, right, we're talking about the very first touch point, the very first interaction or the first few. And it's hard. You know, I, I, I love the um, deeper in the funnel, the closing calls, but there's a lot there's if you can uh, have fun with cold calling, um, you can be really successful. But yeah, in my experience, you know, people really connect with you when they can tell you're being genuinely authentic, not just kind of fake authentic, but it's really hard to do that. It's hard to convey, um, you know, those things in the first 30 seconds of somebody picking up the phone out of, out of nowhere when they're doing something else. But, uh, it's really all about honestly, you know, finding your truth as a sales rep and believing in what you're doing. And if you can do that, then the rest, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you have to say, let me be honest with you before you say something. Yeah. <laughs> good chance. It's not totally honest. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think you're right. You know, it, it, I love what you said is people will buy from people that they like, but they'll continue to buy from people that they trust. And you really, you know, how do you, how do you stand out and show buyers that they can trust you? Like, what are some things that you've done to stand out and kind of establish that trust early or later on in the funnel? Yeah, a couple of different things. For one is really actually genuinely trying to help. Like, and people, there's different ways to phrase that. Like, you know, give value is another way that you can, you know, frame that same concept of actually helping somebody. Um, if you can, you know, improve uh, some process or give insight on a piece of collateral or give feedback on their website or come up with some 
catchy slogan for their product that maybe they're not thinking about reframing something, anything like that, that makes you stand out. You know, if you do something like that and you take a, a, a few seconds or a few minutes or even longer to really go out of your way to, you know, give without necessarily expecting something in return, that can go a long way. Um, another thing I like, which is just more on the tactical side is sending, uh, videos. I'm a big video guy. I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. loom user. Um, there's a few tools out there, so this isn't an advertisement for loom. I don't care which one you use, but if you send videos instead of sending a long email, I, 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 I guarantee you, you're going to get better responses. Now it's ha sometimes harder to do that because it makes, you know, sometimes you think, oh man, a video, I don't, especially at home, everybody's working at home or in our pajamas. But put a shirt on and look presentable, send a quick little video. I think people really respect it because at the same time, um, you know, it's hard to convey tone in written text. Everybody knows that. Uh, so it's sometimes I'll write out an email and think, man, I'm just going to basically use this as my little outline and just record a quick video, send a 60 second video. Um, and that goes a long way. And people really respect that, especially for cold outreach, if you can mix that in. Boom. I love that. I do the same thing. So, um, you know, something that I, you know, work with on my team and I do myself as well is exactly what you said. We're also Loom users. So if they want to sponsor us, uh, <laughs> you know how to there contact us. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Loom, any video tool, like I love typing an email and then using it as a script, like you said, like if the email is more than two lines, like make it a video and use you know use that whatever you typed as your script because the last thing you want to do is hit record and then like be trying to figure out what you're going to say on that video and let's face it i mean people would rather like you said watch a you know 60 90 second video than read a three or four paragraph email that where you know there's going to be things that are lost in translation or tone can't be and that is a huge way sales hustlers um, you know, Tom is t talking about, you know, building trust with your prospects, regardless of what stage of the funnel, whether it's top or later on and using video to do that for the win. Yeah. And I think there's two places where it's really effective. One is right after they've engaged. So not necessarily your first outreach, um, but as soon as you've when they respond to your first email or they uh, maybe you get them on the phone and you don't really have a quick, uh, a, a full call, but you want to follow up with them or you connect on LinkedIn or something. That's where you send the email right there. They're engaged. They know who you are. They know what you're trying to do at least a little bit, send them a video, show them, you know, stand out from just sending that automated drip sequence that everybody gets and is zero personalization, right? So this is mm -hmm. combining, everybody's using automations this day, these days, nothing wrong with that. Combine that, with some sort of personalization and a video pretty towards pretty much towards the top of the funnel is a great way to do that. And then another great place to do it is when handling objections, especially if that objection, you know, comes via email, or if you are on kind of a closing call, and you don't close it. And you after the call, you think, man, I wish I said XYZ. And now I'm thinking of all these great things to say, follow up with a video, it's a great way to convey with tone. And again, you, there's nothing wrong with recording a couple times if the first one doesn't come out just the way you like it. I've definitely done that. But again, it's just a great way to show that you're you're genuine and really convey your tone. So top of funnel after they connect or towards the end, especially after an objection uh, through email, it's a great way to send a video. Great place to send a video. Yeah, exa exa exactly. Especially if like you're working with, you know, 
multiple decision makers, right? Or there's an executive team that didn't make it to the call. Um, you know, whoever, you know, that you're working with, um, you know, you can send that video and it makes it really easy for them to share that with their colleagues um, and make sure the message that you want to be conveyed is is properly delivered and not, you know, kind of, uh, you know, what they interpreted, you know, you so you can get everything out there that's important, even even recap your call, you know, send whatever links or, or ad additional pieces of content that you need along with that. Um, I'm a big fan of video. I'm glad you glad you brought that up. So what are some other things that you can do? in your opinion, to, to build trust with your prospects throughout, you know, what, regardless of what stage of the funnel that they're in. Yeah. Something else, uh, I think works really well is referrals. Um, even if it's not necessarily for a new client, but somebody that you feel like the person on the end of the other end of the line could really benefit from connecting with, even just from like a networking standpoint, it doesn't even have to be someone in their industry. Of course, if, if you're an industry expert and very niched down and you have a lot of, you can give a lot of value because you really know a lot of people in your industry, that's, that's just a bonus, but it doesn't have to be. But if you can connect somebody with somebody else, you never really know what that can lead to, but it can lead to a lot of great things, new clients, new ideas, you know, a new perspective, maybe new technologies brought on board, whatever it is. It's also good for the person you're connecting them with, right? You're the person in your network. Um, they appreciate it too. Everybody's trying to grow their brand. Everybody's trying to grow their network. And the best way to do that this, these days you know, stand out is to make it genuine and personal and make a real connection. Um, we're all getting bombarded by, you know, five or 10 LinkedIn connection requests every day. Don't, you know, and of course, email. And that's okay. That's just part of the nature of the world we live in. But stand out by making it personal. And if you can, uh, you know, be the connector, be the person connecting the dots. Um, and again, that doesn't even necessarily benefit you at all. It's just, you know what? Hey, I think there's somebody in my network that you, you would really benefit from connecting with. I'll connect you via email. You know, that's, it's easy. It takes two minutes and it just builds a lot of credibility. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I recently interviewed, um, Brandon Steiner of, of Steiner agency and something that he said was do as much as you can for as many people as often as you can and expect nothing. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you're talking about, right? It's just adding value and doing things, whether it's connecting other people, you know, try to find out what sort of relationships are they looking for. But the key is expecting nothing in return, you know, doing it just because you're trying to get some points to hopefully, you know, get them on a demo is not a great strategy. Like literally, just always be helping, always be serving, connect people and do it as much as you can and expect nothing in return. Um, and something that I, I use as well that, you know, just comes natural, not even as a, a strategy or a technique or anything is just, you know, be honest with people. Like don't always just give them the answer that they're looking for or that you think they're hoping for, right? Like tell them no, or tell them you're not the best fit or tell them, this is not going to quite work the way that maybe you want it, or you're not going to quite get the results you're looking for and recalibrate that expectation. Like being bold enough to not to tell people what they're not necessarily looking for is an easy way to show them that like, Hey, I'm going to give it to you real. Uh, and I'm going to tell you the truth, regardless if it's, you know, whether what you want to hear or not hear. hundred percent be bold, be, be honest. And it's going to take you pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, 
Now, you, you're, when, before we hopped on here, one topic you said that you're pretty passionate about is cold calling. And, you know, that's where you started at Yelp. Yeah. Smiling and dialing, as they like to say. Smiling and dialing. What are some, yeah. So, you know, what, what are some things that you learned um, in your cold calling days um, that, that still stick with you today? Yeah. So one is uh, um, confidence and really knowing the product. You know, it depends on who we're, who you're cold calling for, right? If if you're cold calling, chances are it's it's maybe a, a larger company. You're one of many on a sales floor. Know the product inside and out. Be an expert on the product. Go out of your way to to know more than the guy next to you. But if somebody asks you a question that you don't know, don't, don't lie. Just say, you know what? That's a good question. I've never been asked that before. Let me go get you the right answer. Again, it's honest. People respect that. Um, another thing is is be prepared to go with the flow. I personally hate scripts. I, I hate scripts. But having an idea of where the conversation can and will flow is absolutely advised. It's just that you have to be under the understanding that not every phone call is going to go the same way. So you might have your, you know, your bullets, like you want to hit these, you know, three or four different things. You want to make sure to get this value out, or you want to make sure to ask these two questions, but you also have to be prepared to not necessarily go through it in the same order every time. Um, and, you know, especially if, you say, okay, there's three questions that I've got to hit to like qualify this person into getting a, a, a conversation, right? Or a set of meeting for a, for a pitch. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of in that phase, you're kind of in that like qualifying discovery phase of the call, but they mention something, they just say offhand, or they make a comment that they're, maybe they're using a different tool that's similar to use a competitor, a competitor, and it doesn't have a certain feature that yours does pounce on that, like never stop selling. You're still a salesperson, even if you're, you're in the discovery portion of that call there, like jump on yeah, that. But it's not, but it's not in the script. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you got to be prepared. So, and that's, you know, the best salespeople just kind of have a knack for that, but it can be learned over time. The key is just keep picking up the phone and just do it over and over and over. Um, you know, part the, the, there's two sides of sales. There's the art and there's the science. And, you know, part of the science side is just math. And if you make, you know, 100 calls versus 80, you're probably going to be more successful. And then on the other side, it's the art. You know, it's the it's the <clears throat> psychological game, you know, that we're playing. And, and there's a lot of things that go into that. There's many courses that you can spend years learning. You know, it's not something you learn overnight. But the math, the science, like, don't let that get in the way of your success. Um, that's just straight, you know, hustle and, and uh, being strategic about your approach. Yeah, and 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 if you if you're early in your sales career, like there's just be you got to be open to the fact that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But the key is learning from those, right? So if you could have said something differently, or if you didn't ask a deeper question, like review your calls. I don't know how many people are actually actively, consistently reviewing their calls to see where they could improve. I'm not a sports guy, but people that play sports professionally. They review the game tape to see how they could do better. If you're a sales professional, you should be doing the same thing. You know, review those calls, whether it's discovery, demo, or even your cold calls. And, you know, try to see what you can learn or take away or what you could have done differently or how you could have took the conversation in a different direction, I think is, is really key to mastering that craft. 100%. And it can be painful. You know, it's hard to listen to yourself, especially if a call doesn't go well. But just do it. Just suck it up and do it. You're going to learn so much from it. I remember once, um, one that really stands out from my time at Yelp, where, uh, you know, I was I was on a one call, you know, pitch, right? Cold call that, that went directly, you know, got just 
the decision maker went directly into the pitch. So like 30, 40 minute call. And at the end, he was kind of rushing me and, you know, didn't close. And I was kind of frustrated. It was pretty early. And when I was listening to it, I remember thinking, man, there's so many features to this, you know, the program, the ad program that I was trying to sell. It's so hard to, to get them all in. And it kind of dawned on me, or I think I, I was talking to my, somebody else on my team, and we were just talking about it. And we realized that it's like, but it, you don't have to go over every feature. That's not why they're they're buying. Mm. They're not buying what you're selling because of what you do. They're buying because of why it's valuable to them. And that kind of change in mentality really helped me to this day in that really everything, the lens and the, the framing of everything I do when I speak to prospects and clients is always from their perspective and less about, okay, here's all these, you know, here's every line item of every product feature and more here's what this here's how this product how this feature can save you time or here's how this can help you do this uh faster or 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 smarter or connect with more people or whatever it is like look at it through their lens when you um explain things and don't feel like you have to get through every single last feature Make it about them. Help them understand how it's valuable, uh, and that's going to help you know win over a lot of conversations. Boom! And that's something that you learn through reviewing the call, right? Hundred percent. You know, a, a little bit of everything, right? There's, there's rarely you know one uh, magic bullet, but uh, reviewing calls is absolutely um, a part of the equation. One thing that you said that really stood out that I love is is you don't have to show them every feature, right? Or you don't have to talk about like everything that you do. Framing the conversation around what's important to them is going to be much more impactful and can help, you know, drive that relationship forward or, you know, down the, the sales the sales funnel. Um, but something else that I like to use as well, which I feel is equally as important, is if you're going to skip over something, because of something you learned in the conversation or in your previous discovery call or whatever your sales process looks like, don't just skip over it. Skip over it and point out that you're skipping over it and why. Because two things. One, it's going to validate that that is not important to them. And two, it's going to build your credibility and, you, and their trust with you because it's going to show that you actually paid attention and listened to what they said. And you're not just hitting play on your demo or you're not just running through your sales script. You're actually crafting the conversation or framing the conversation around what's most relevant to them. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, to tie it back to what we were talking about before, which is, you know, being prepared to evolve throughout the conversation. This is exactly why, because you're going to find out what's important to them throughout the call, typically towards the front end of the call. And if you learn that they're like very ROI, very numbers focused and just want to like go through the equation of how this is going to be, you know, net positive engagement for them, that's going to shape your um your your call a lot in a lot different way than if they talk about you know they're they're much more you know vision and they're much more um you know they they, they attach to something that's more spiritual or emotional you know if they're more of an emotional buyer rather than numbers person you only mm -hmm. learn that in the beginning and if you listen and then you let that dictate how the rest of your calls go um that's going to help you you know be a lot more effective and get off the phone feeling great about a conversation as opposed to get off and feel like wow they were not engaged i did not connect with them this isn't going anywhere
Yeah, yeah. And also you can use that information, assuming that you're taking good notes and logging it into your CRM further down the sales yeah. process when they go dark, when they go cold, when they forget how much of a priority it is or how interested they were or how much of an impact you were going to make for their business. Once they start forgetting those things, you go back to that information to remind them of those things to keep the conversation going. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's your job to help them continue to move forward as the sales professional by reminding them those things. So if you don't go deep on that information or you don't find out, or you're not curious enough to ask the right questions, then two things, you're not going to have the proper tools or responses when they go dark, if they go dark, or also you're not going to really have a very, you know, validated pipeline. You're going to have a bunch of stuff in there that shouldn't even be in there at all. And you're going to be chasing your tail on deals that never should have been a deal in the first place. Yep. And the easiest way to ask good questions is to actually care. <laughs> and if you don't care, then you know what? It's probably not, you're probably not in the right place for yourself, you know, at this current moment, maybe a change is in order. Uh, does that mean changing jobs? Maybe. Does it mean going out on your own? Maybe, or maybe it's just a reality check and realizing that, you know, you're, you're playing the game and you're taking one step at a time, either climbing the ladder or growing your career. But, uh, you know, if, if you don't actually care about, how your product can help your client, something's off. Yeah. Maybe you're not selling the right product. Maybe you don't believe in the product enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe you don't understand the product enough. Um, there's, there's a lot of different reasons, but yeah. Um, the, the easiest way to ask good questions and be curious is to actually give a shit like you said. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you don't figure out why you don't, and maybe it's time to make a change. Um, all right. So tons of great stuff, sales hustlers. Um, I'm going to let Tom uh, tell you a little bit more about what he has for you. And uh, he's going to be releasing a podcast of his own very soon. I'll let him tell you about that. Um, and we will drop all of the links in, in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks. So yeah, the, the podcast coming out is called Permission to be Bold. And on it, I'm interviewing uh, business leaders who have done bold things, bold actions in their careers, what led up to it, what they actually did, how they went about it, um, what was the outcome, short term, long term, what did they learn from it? And ultimately, what did they do to give themselves permission to be bold? Because it's hard to be bold. But you know what, the best payoffs are often um, from, you know, bold actions. So that's that's coming soon. Um, and then yeah, with sales team go, you know, I'm typically working with pretty early stage B2B um, startup small businesses, helping them scale, streamline their sales processes. What I'd love to do is I'd love to connect with anyone and really um, help you in one of the following three ways. Um, consider an, one of these things being audited on your end, your pitch, your tech stack, or your outreach strategy. If you feel like one of those th three things um, could use uh, some insight, a new, some new perspective, and a different outlook, um, I'm happy to you know, set up a call and dig in with you and see where I can help and you know, just go from there. All right, there you go. We will drop the link there in the show notes. Sales hustlers, make sure you take advantage of the opportunity to get that free audit with Tom on, on, on any of these areas that you feel you might need some help with. We'll drop it in the show notes. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. 
Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.